This is a fresh agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work. Here is Christina Mendonca. This is a fresh agenda where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonca. Welcome to this little spot in the digital universe. Glad to have you here for a while as we forge into 2019 with the goal of offering you radical relevance in these podcasts. Now, this podcast is a bit ironic in that my interview is with someone in the health industry, yet I'm on the back end of the nastiest cold I've had in years. This one just flattened me for a few days. My husband is one of those guys who never gets sick. He jumped into action with the home remedies. He whipped me up a batch of turmeric ginger chicken soup, um, which I put the recipe on my Facebook page, by the way. Uh, He got me some fire cider, which is an awful tasting apple cider vinegar concoction. I've been on zinc and vitamins and smoothies and a eucalyptus diffuser and over-the-counter medications. I threw everything at this one. It took two days off work and sleeping 12 to 13 hours a day to get better. That's what it took. So go easy on yourself if you catch something like this and take care of yourself. Sleep, I'm telling you, is absolutely magic for that. Well, I'm feeling about 95% today, and I'm so excited to talk to our guest, Blair Morrison, Princeton and Oxford educated. He's also an international CrossFit competitor. He runs his own gyms, coaching and athletic programs. As a mutual friend of ours said, he's kind of an interesting platypus of a person uh, with a seemingly unending supply of motivational goodwill for others. He's going to talk a bit about that physical creative crossover. And I'm sure if you've been to the gym this month, you've noticed how crowded it is. And I think it's more than just New Year's resolutions. I think we all innately know that physical health is tied to well-being professionally as well. Sometimes our jobs just grind us down and we don't really take care of ourselves as we should. But the investment in a little bit of time to be physical will reap all kinds of rewards professionally. You know, some people are solo exercisers. I tend to use my time at the gym to go inward. I like a routine. I like feeling like weightlifting is almost meditation for me. I even prefer to run alone. The only time I got competitive in my exercise routines was about a year and a half following the birth of our second daughter. I wasn't getting the physical results I wanted, so I thought I've got to disrupt what I'm doing because it's not working. So I started training for triathlons and did several to force me back into shape, and it worked. Not Ironman, mind you. These were sprint and Olympic-length triathlons, and my career at those was very short and unimpressive. It wasn't even competition with others that drove me as much as it was competing against my own times. However, I'm, as I've discovered, primarily an introvert, which seems at odds with what I do for a living, but really is not that uncommon in my field. Introverts like being around other people. I like being around other people, but when I recharge, I like to do so alone. Extroverts are those that thrive off the energy of others. These are all in continuums, of course, so you may be anywhere along that continuum from a sometimes introvert to extremely introverted or extremely extroverted. Extroversion is what has made the CrossFit community so close. They thrive off each other's energy. And you'll hear Blair say when he needs motivational energy, sometimes he'll just drop into one of his own gyms and be inspired by some of the other members during a class. So as you listen to Blair, think about the type of situation that brings you energy. What drains you? If you're an introvert, forcing yourself to go to a cycling class may not be your thing and it may not last. But if you're an extrovert, something like CrossFit may be exactly what propels you towards your physical goals and what puts you in touch creatively to your best work. Hey, Dave from New Age Ariel, he's at it again. 
you have got to see the shot he sent me this week. I posted it as the cover photo on my Facebook page. It is a gorgeous shot of the Tower Bridge over downtown Sacramento. He says he's training a new flyer, and that's when he got that shot. He also sent me a fantastic shot of some construction near Lodi on a dam, which is so cool to see from the air. New Age Aerial can go anywhere. The FAA says so. They have the licenses and the expertise to help engineers on the ground get the shots they need of structures and equipment so they can fix our bridges, roads, or dams, or anything else. And then, of course, his beauty shots. I just want to blow one up and hang it in my house. They're just so beautiful. If you need aerial photography, videography of anything, you have got to call New Age Aerial. Give them a call. Use the phrase Fresh Agenda, the name of this podcast, and Dave will take great care of you. That's New Age Aerial, 916-645-3474, 916-645-3474, or NewAgeAerial.com. Okay, as many people contemplate making big changes in their lives physically at this time of the year, your gym being at capacity right now is one indicator. I thought we'd chat with Blair Morrison about how to keep that intention alive past January. Uh, Blair is an innovator, a thought leader, and an entrepreneur. He's managed to turn a passion into a lifestyle and a thriving career, and how having a master's degree in history from Oxford helped him do that was a curiosity to me. He co-hosts his own podcast called Beyond the Barbell and has been sponsored by Reebok since 2011. Here's Blair Morrison. Blair Morrison joins me now. And Blair, uh, how are you this morning, first of all? Oh, I'm doing good. Great. Doing good. Excellent. Got a uh, three-year-old in my left arm, but overall good. Excellent. We, um, I, I have to ask you, I've just done your introduction. I've talked about Princeton and I've talked about Oxford. But I have to ask you first, how did you get the nickname Tie-Dye Nation? Well, Tie-Dye Nation came about because at the time I was, I was competing in CrossFit, like around 2009, 2010, like the, the theme of most of the, the athletes or competitors was very hardcore. So if you can imagine like early MMA where everything was like affliction t-shirts and skulls and heavy metal and things like that. I was competing. I was like, well, man, this is just fitness. I feel like people shouldn't be taking themselves so seriously. So I wanted to brand as something that was uh, kind of the opposite. And I was like, well, you can't take yourself very seriously at all when you're in tie-dye. So that's how it started. Um, and it kind of grew into a thing that was actually pretty marketable or was easily recognizable at the very least when we were at competitions for our gym and and individually, it was very easy to spot who we were, and people kind of rallied behind that, and it just kind of grew from there. Kind of a lighthearted uh, look at the sport that was taking itself very seriously at the time. Yeah. I mean, it is, at the end of the day, it's just working out, right? So it gets very, people get very competitive with it, and they want to obviously push themselves to their limits, but it is, at the end of the day, exercise. So we got to remember that. Um, we're not uh, we're not curing cancer here, and we're not like on the on the real battlefield. So, so talk to me about you know we, I talked to a lot of people about how they live their most creative, productive lives, and we've talked to people who do that through a variety of mediums. Yours appears to be fitness, living creatively through fitness. How did you choose that route? Well, I mean, choosing fitness, I guess it was it was a combination of like other avenues being closed off. Like when I was uh, when I was in college, when I was at Princeton doing my undergrad, I played football. And when I came to my senior year, I knew I wasn't going to be a professional football player, but that had kind of dominated my identity up until that point, um, getting to college, playing football. And then 
when I was choosing a major at Princeton, I was, I was choosing which classes I enjoyed the most and they were history classes. So the career opportunities in history, you're either going to, you know, become a professor or maybe you go to law school and, and go, go that route. So as I investigated those things, I realized, okay, that's not for me. That's really not what I want to do. I want to keep doing something in the physical realm. And I just began personal training. You know, I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time, and I was able to build a personal training business. And I liked the autonomy of it. I liked the fact that I was setting my schedule. I had basic, basically total control over what types of exercises I was having my clients do. Um, and it allowed me, like you said, to, to still be creative, um, and to do, do the things that I wanted to do when I wanted to do them. I always loved to travel and, you know, that, that career allowed me the flexibility to do that. So it probably was around the same time I was starting to compete in CrossFit where I decided that I could make a career out of this, a real career, not just like a part-time temporary thing, but I didn't want it to be personal training. Like the idea of being a, you know, a 50 year old personal trainer didn't appeal to me. I wanted to own something bigger. Uh, and that's when I started looking into, to like owning my own gym. What, what about CrossFit appealed to you most? I mean, there's lots of different kinds of training that you could do and, or, and teach and own businesses for, you could have owned gyms, you could have a lot of different things. What about CrossFit appealed to you? That's a great question. So I, what I remember when I, I first got exposure to CrossFit when I was training for football and obviously the, the thing as an athlete that's really appealing about it is that it's extremely difficult, more difficult than any sport you're going to compete in like a football game or basketball game or a swim meet or whatever it is. It's just very, very difficult. So you develop this level of mental toughness that really transfers. But as a business model, what I liked about it the most was that it combined all forms of fitness. You know, it wasn't its own thing that was invented. It was more a combination of tried and true methods. So you have, you know, weightlifting, which has been around forever, right? Uh, you have endurance training, which has been around forever. People have been running marathons and cycling and swimming and all that forever. And then you have gymnastics. These are like the three pillars of fitness, um, of active, active fitness. And all across it, it was like, say, Hey, why don't we just try to be rather than trying to be masters of any of these one disciplines, why don't we try to be just decent at all of them? Right. And basically the crossover allows you to be what CrossFit refers to it as a generalist, right? You are a mile wide and an inch deep, whereas any challenge that could present itself, you are capable of at the very least surviving it. Right. So that, that appealed to me big time from the beginning. I like the, the philosophy behind that. I always thought that the people that were most impressive to me were the people that were multi-skilled, you know, that could, could bake a cake and build a house kind of thing. So, um, that's what I loved about it. And I love the, the flexibility that that philosophy allows with your clients, right? You don't get stuck in the same rut of doing, you know, bench and tries every Monday and then back and biceps every Tuesday every day is legitimately different so long as it's adhering to good core principles. 
You said in one of your videos that you would totally burn out if it was only about the performance side. So how else do you express your creativity through fitness when you're working with clients? How is how are you helping them? Well, I think what I was referring to in that video was the was the experiential side of I mean it's the side of your life, but I, I apply it to fitness. So I, I used to I like to do a lot of workouts outside. Um I think one of the probably the huge uh, downsides of the fitness industry as a whole is that it's kind of propped up the gym of the, the four walls of the gym as the place where your fitness kind of lives and dies. Um, not enough people are applying their fitness. They go to the, the gym that they work out at. They have their favorite piece of equipment and they just go and they do their thing. And they don't really go out and use it. So we try when I program workouts for my clients, I really try to force them to experience what they're, what they're earning. Right. So for example, in the summertime, the members of our Folsom gym, once a week, we go to the lake and we swim open water, even if it's not very far, just getting them out in, in that environment shows them the application of their fitness, all their hard work at our downtown location, downtown Sacramento off eighth street. We, we go to the, the pool at um, Southside Park. Same thing. We run there. You carry a you carry an object. You swim. It's way easier for you to kind of relate that to a life skill, as opposed to being in a you know a sterile indoor gym environment where everything is more controlled. So that's one way. I try to like broaden the experiential side of it. Um, <clears throat> we also host. Um, trips abroad every year for 30 or 40 people where we go and we work out for 10 days without a gym, right? There's no, there's no bars. There's no machines. We create the workout from whatever the environment allows. And that's total. That's totally the ultimate to me is getting you out there and saying, okay, well, I want to work out. I want to stay fit. I want to make these memories, you know, that, um, that I can be proud of and that I can look back on and be inspired by. So we're going to do that with whatever, whatever the environment provides. And it's been, it's been great. The results have been great. How much energy does it require you to do your own workout versus the energy it takes to motivate others and to, and to create the, the workouts that you do? <laughs> it takes a lot more energy than it used to. <laughs> well, you are, you know, a father of young children and, and a busy business owner as well. Yeah. As those things have grown, my energy for myself has dwindled. I think that's a little bit inevitable. Um, but the things that used to excite me the most about training and exercise, they still, they still excite me the most. It's probably just to a slightly lesser degree. Um, I still get the most excited about going outside and creating a workout out of nothing. I definitely find that I'm dependent. I'm more dependent on others to, to kind of get me motivated than I used to be. I used to be, I could just go out and do it all by myself. I didn't need anybody and the workout was enough. Now I'm very grateful to have, you know, three gyms with classes running throughout the day that I could draw. I could actually go and take one of our own classes and have the members there and motivate me to work hard and put myself first for that hour. Um, I think if it was just up to me making the time and doing it in my garage, I don't think I'd be able to get it done. 
So CrossFit can be an intimidating platform for some. Why do you think that is, and what do you do to dispel that perception? Uh, that's a great question. So I think the reason why it is such an intimidating platform goes back to the beginnings of it, and CrossFit was created. It's created by a guy named Greg Glassman. He was a personal trainer in Santa Cruz area, and like I outlined before, his idea was just to combine these existing disciplines with intensity. And the result of that was it was very effective, high intensity workouts that were kind of celebrated in mass by members of the military. So you're going to see, if you look at like the early CrossFit videos, a lot of them are by members of the military on deployment um, and just loving the, the short, sharp difficulty of these workouts. So when CrossFit kind of went into the mainstream, it, it came to the mainstream borrowing a lot of those hardcore principles, right, of these military men and women, police officers, firefighters, people that were um, physically alphas, right? They were very strong and fast and, like, maybe had been athletes in their previous lives. CrossFit business owners started to apply, try to apply that, this method to the regular everyday, you know, Jane and Joe, they didn't really account for the fact that these people were not, you know, athletes in their previous lives or military members that had gone through training and stuff like that. So the method was misapplied early on quite a bit. And um, I think it caused injuries. It caused some, it caused a lot of bad PR, I think, that CrossFit didn't really do a good job of countering. And it's taken, it's taken some time. It's taken some, a maturation process of the business model where you have owners that now have personal training backgrounds or even kinesiology degrees to know more about the body and more about their individual clients to apply this, honestly, this awesome program that is for everyone if it's applied correctly. And they're doing a lot better job of that. So you'll see that in the, in the parts of the country, in the parts of the world where CrossFit has been consistently practiced, the businesses that are there are way more solid. The coaches are way more solid. And it's not just, just seeking the intensity portion. So I think that's kind of where it started. And it's, we're starting to see a turn. I, I know I am in, in Sacramento area. We've had gyms here since 2002, 2003. And even in the last five years, the quality has come up quite a bit where gyms are offering multiple classes, right? Not just the, the highest intensity CrossFit pieces, but they have intro programs and foundations programs and a lot more intelligent ways to kind of bring people along and take into account where they're coming from as opposed to just what the workout is that you want them to do. Some people, you know, like yoga. Some people like to go out and run. Some people love CrossFit. What kind of person is right for CrossFit? That's kind of tough to say because CrossFit is a more expensive membership for when you're comparing it to, to yoga or someone who's obviously going to go out and run. So it's a little bit slanted towards people that are older, right? We have, let's say the majority of our members are 30 to 50 established careers, own their houses, stable, but looking for a more 
well-rounded fitness program that they don't have to engineer themselves. So where I think a lot of growth has come for us is people that have been runners for a really long time, but are having like chronic injuries because they're doing the same thing over and over and over again. They find a lot of benefit from strength training. Um, and that's the big difference between what CrossFit does and what those other things you mentioned do is it's a little more versatile. So in a given week, you know, if you're a a four or five day a week yoga person and you like vinyasa, you're going to go through the same flow, you know, a couple hundred times. Whereas if you go to CrossFit, you're not going to do the same movement more than maybe two days of the week and definitely not that many repetitions. So the variety helps the body, um, prevent injury. And it also, I think just stimulates your psychological side of it. You just don't get bored. You don't get stuck in a rut. So people that are looking for that kind of a relief from the monotony of the same, same program definitely are drawn to CrossFit people that enjoy pushing themselves. Cause that's the thing you can't get around. The workouts are hard. You know, it's not come in and get just a, a gentle sweat, you know, like, you see so many people like enjoy that. Like, Hey, I just want to go out for like a, a walk around the park and, you know, get my heart rate up above a hundred. That's not what it's like. So if that's the person, that's where they are in their life. That's really not the person we see coming in to take advantage of the services. But eventually, eventually Christina, people want results. And if you're not getting results from your program, if you're not getting closer to the body weight you want to be, the strength that you want to have, you know, your, the flexibility that you want to have, like you got to, you got to make a change. And for my money, all my experience, CrossFit is the best at that. You know, it just, it just is. It forces people to work hard, which is the only way to make the muscles adapt, make your energy systems adapt. And it builds a community that encourages you to keep coming. And I think that's, that's something that yoga has done a great job of. That's something that cycle studios have always done a great job of is you build a community of, of members around you that make you not want to quit. The number one thing that kills people in whatever diet or fitness program you're in is non-compliance. You know, if you stop showing up, I guarantee you it's not going to work, you know? So having the community there, having your friends there, that just removes one more obstacle for the individual. This question I made perhaps out of left field to you, but, but there's a method to my madness. Uh, you're a history expert, master's in history, taught history. Do you draw inspiration right. from history when you are expressing yourself through fitness? Are there lessons that you learned in that part of your life that helps you in this part of your life? I think superficially, yes. Like I can get inspired. Like on one of our, our trips, these Anywhere Fit trips that we run, like we did a trip to Greece, we've done them to Thailand, Iceland, New Zealand. Like if I'm in a place that has a lot of history, like architectural history, like that can inspire me to to generate a workout kind of around those elements. Um, but I think more directly what you're getting at, probably not, if I'm honest. You know, things that I've studied... I mean, I was a big, um, I was a big, my, my thesis was on like the Russian revolution and things that transpired just before world war one, led into world war two, um, the idea of nationalism and things like that. And I, if I'm being totally honest, 
like those things don't come into my uh, into my head very often. I wish they did. You know, I'd still eventually love to teach like a, a junior college level history class because I don't get to think about most of those things anymore just in the day-to-day work of my business. How do you, maybe, maybe one day. How do you uh, stay creative and productive? What like refuels, other than fitness, what refuels your body and your mind? Reading. Honestly, that's like the hobby that I still hold on to, that I try to hold on to, that definitely recharges me. Um, so I have a book club with a friend of mine and we, we pick a book and we read it and then we go out and grab, grab dinner and talk about it. I I love that. I love getting my mind away from, away from what's a new way to combine workouts and movements and how do I, you know, move around coaching staff and hours and, and things like that. Um, so that definitely is one of them. I, I feel like it's settling mentally to do that. The other thing that is going to sound super, super simple, but if I can be somewhere outside by myself, it it could be on a, you know, a a downtown street walking from place to place, or if I'm out camping or going for like a jog, that is very cathartic to me. It's almost like, it almost feels like a a bit of meditation. Uh, Something about being outside with nobody else around that's a huge recharge and it's, I feel guilty saying I don't do it enough, but I don't, I used to do it a lot more and you know, you just allow yourself to get, get stuck in a circle where you're doing the same things day after day. And you know, I, I wish I could do that more. What do you think it is about that particular activity? Just being outside by yourself, kind of alone with your thoughts. I, I feel like you just get reconnected to things that are natural, right? So a lot of our, um, everything that we do is constructed, right? It's constructed to be more efficient. Um, either with our business or our family, we want to like make sure that the kids get to bed on time and so that they have a good night's sleep and all that has to be planned. When you're outside by yourself, like the world has its, its own plan that you're not, you're kind of just in the flow of and if you lose, lose, you lose connection with that, I think. So if you're outside by yourself and there's no other, there's nothing that you've constructed around that moment kind of organize it you just fall into that flow again um that's the best way i can describe it i I think everybody knows what i'm talking about because everybody has their favorite place whether it's you know hiking on a mountain or going to the beach and putting their feet in the sand or even if they're just walking their dog around the park like it just feels right you know feels right feels organic you don't have to force it and there's other elements outside the air is the air is moving. There's, there's sounds that you don't hear anymore. Even like looking up at the stars at night, I feel like people don't do that kind of stuff enough and I'm myself included. So when I, when I do those things, I feel like it definitely recharges me and allows me to maybe think, think freer and, and easier. Totally with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Hiking is my thing. And my husband and I, we read this great book called forest bathing, uh, it's a Japanese mm-hmm. term. Um, uh, I can't remember exactly the Japanese word for it. Just being out in the forest hiking is kind of our thing. So, yeah, no, I, I think everyone knows absolutely what you're talking about, about being in the flow of something else that isn't constructed. Uh, so what are, what are your goals for your business this year? I mean, what, what would you, how would you like to grow uh, either in business or, or personally? Well, this year is going to be a big year business-wise. Uh, like I said, I have the three gyms 
those have been been successful and they're, they're all trending in the right direction. So I want to continue that. Um, we are, we, I'm saying me and the, the guy I run a pot, we run a fitness podcast called beyond the Bible. We're going to host a, we're going to try to host a major fitness event in Sacramento. Um, in the summer, around the end of June, it's going to be the NorCal fitness festival. And our goal is to bring a consistent competitive CrossFit event and build other things in fitness around that. So we'd love to have like a 5k run, a mountain bike race. And we want to try to have this like Sacramento kind of be the central hub for Northern California competitive fitness. And right now there's a lot of options to do that. I mean, there's a lot of obstacle course races, but there's nothing that's really centered around CrossFit here anymore. The, the regional competitions that used to be held through CrossFit headquarters are gone. And there's kind of a vacuum here. So we know that there's a population of people that, that crave that and they enjoy, they enjoy competing in fitness. And so I want to, we want to try to provide that. So that's a big project this year that we're working on. I love it. Okay. So those of you who are listening, who have fitness goals this year, you have some time before summer to get in shape for that competition. How can people find out more about that or where will it be posted? I know your podcast beyond the barbell is a good place for information. Is there anywhere else people could turn to? Yeah. So we're going to be, we're, we're creating the, the webpage now. It's just going to be, and then the keywords will be NorCal classic, NorCal fitness classic. Um, there's going to be an online qualifier that's going to be happening in April. Um, so that's where they got to look for it. Look online and they can follow our podcast for the like social media announcements and such like that. Perfect. And then how do people connect with uh, you if they're interested in your programs or want to know more about your gyms? My gym has an Instagram page called Anywhere Fit. And you can follow me, Morrison underscore Blair. Or you can come into any one of our three locations, Folsom, Rockland, and downtown. We offer free classes every day. Excellent. Blair Morrison, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, Christina. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Blair Morrison. He is quite a specimen, creatively, intellectually, and physically. And for those of you that love to set big goals, keep a lookout for his event this summer. You could be out there competing and meeting a lot of interesting, like-minded people. If you like our conversations and you love being motivated, check out our back episodes of A Fresh Agenda. Subscribe to the channel and hear from innovators and thought leaders like super sports agent Lee Steinberg, Stanford professor of creativity Tina Seelig, and even entertainment and icons like Jay Leno. They're all there for you on a fresh agenda. You can subscribe through SoundCloud or iTunes. Drop me a note because I'd be curious to hear your methods for maintaining your creativity. You can reach me through my website at christinamendanza.com. There's a contact form there. And as always, thanks to my sponsors, New Age Aerial, New Age Designs, and Sierra at Tahoe. In fact, Sierra at Tahoe has arranged for my listeners and viewers to get special pricing on a ski pass for the season. I've included a link with this podcast on my website and in the comment section of SoundCloud. If you can find the link and click through, it gives the show some love and it gives you special pricing on a season pass. Also, my digital newscast, The Shortlist, is giving out free ski passes through social media contests this season. So check that out. That's The Shortlist each week. It's on my YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to, or you can find it each Monday on kfbk.com. More episodes of A Fresh Agenda on the way. We're going to talk to a futurist next time. Take a gaze into the future of innovation in different industries and how you can best position yourself or your kids 
plans to be ready as the future happens. Thanks for being here. This has been A Fresh Agenda. I'm Christina Mendonca. Let's stay connected. This is A Fresh Agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work.